Welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I'm Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. And this is our final episode of season six, everybody. Well, no, we have actually we're going to do a, a recap too, aren't we? we? Yeah, this we are discussing the final episode of season six, but we will do a recap of Wednesday in Westeros. Yeah, so there maybe we, on Wednesday. Yeah, maybe on Wednesday. This you're you're, you're hearing this early because goddamn, there was so we, much yeah, to discuss. Sunday, it's Sunday night. <laughs> uh, Taylor finished the episode about an hour ago, maybe. Oh god. And, uh, I started it late, and then I kept rewinding parts, which I usually try not to do during the episode. Mm-hmm. But there were so many parts that I rewound to. So um, I was sore. I, I'm still stunned. I still don't even know where where we start. Um, I've uh, said on it, IO9. I've said on IO9. One of the first comments I made was, every, "It seems like every week I come here and I say, no, this is the best episode they've ever done.'" And in all honesty, I can say, as good as season six has been. This this was like the I mean oh god you couldn't get better than this there just were so many I mean so many things so many satisfying fuck yeah moments just and I think I texted you at least twice I was like oh my god like just I- <laughs> it just kept coming just kept and usually they reserve like one of those right for like any season finale or you know big event episode and we just got it just it just kept coming and just kept coming oh great I, uh. but let's yeah if we if we've learned anything from last week's episode. It's that our fans really love it when we just criticize to death all the tiny illogical things. So let's start out doing that. This is just going to be 90 minutes of Sam. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> Sam, yeah, if we get to their stuff, we will. But yeah, Sam, man, what, what, what's up with Sam this week? I just, you know. There's some, yeah, this is just, this is going to be the Sam episode. Uh <laughs> You know, when he got off that carriage in front of Minas Tirith, I was, I was just, you know, I, 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 I thought for a moment, I paused it, and I just went, "Wow, we've what a journey this guy's had," you know, and Gilly and and just everything. Yeah. It just was so, it was so amazing. Yeah, uh, I look forward to his spinoff. <laughs> Jesus, let's hope not. Let's no, let's talk about the real, the real, and the we. Birth of- the first yeah. big fuck, oh fuck moment of the entire thing. I'm going to be liberal with my 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 cursing this week. I just can't even. I can't even. Uh, I, I'm too excited. Um, yeah. We all knew that something was going to go down in King's Landing this week. Um, I had made a prediction that you know. Well, I think everybody kind of knew Cersei was going to detonate some kind of wildfire device well, or something. It's so weird. How did we know that? Why did we? I mean, like we talked about that last week and the clues planted and stuff. But um, I really. I, I just kept having this thought of like, okay, did we get this because eagle-eyed readers have been for a while thinking like, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff about her burning it down. I mean, how did we, like you and I, settle on that theory? I, I think there's a couple of things. One, they've been hinting at wildfire, you know, in what, you know, in King's Landing since season two, since Tyrion used it against yeah. Sansa's fleet. Quyburn had, was it last episode or the one before? Quyburn um, sidled up to Cersei in the in the court and was uh, you know was like hey those little my little birds yeah. have told me that uh, what we think is, is you know what the, the secret is true or whatever he said. We um, were talking yeah he said there's a lot more than than uh, they suspected or whatever, um, but we'd been talking about it like all season really. Yeah. And, well, and and it's like here's the other point. What else was going to happen? There's no way you build. With with two with essentially two seasons left, or you know one season split into two left, however you want to slice it, what else are you going to do with the High Sparrow? With I mean, there's so many things that had to happen in so little time, and right. like, where else do you take Cersei from here? She wasn't going to go and have a trial and basically confess the same things again. Although that did kind of happen ultimately, it, you know, after the <laughs> shit went down. Um, so it was kind of like I, I it, it all it all kind of led up to this. What I didn't anticipate 
was how breathtaking they were going to shoot it and execute it. And basically what we were treated to was a 20-minute silent movie, almost, underscored by this perfect piano and cello uh, uh, instrumentation that just grabbed me and sucked me in and just the pacing of it and just the whole the mood was very godfather 2 right like i was i you know it just the whole thing i couldn't even you know and, and i had i have to go back and just rewatch it a second time because i know i missed certain key details but one of the big things that that struck me right off the bat was over is it toman yeah over toman's shoulder when he's sort of getting ready, you know, he's like, they're putting the, his, you know, his crown on and his like, yeah. whatever that weird necklace thing was, you see a shot of King's landing that I have never seen before that, there were, sh- that shows it, but it shows it just like, I mean, it was almost like Vancouver. Like I never realized it was mu- that <laughs> much of a, of a Bay Harbor city. I thought, I mean, you know, the, yeah. the red keep was facing the ocean, but I didn't realize the whole thing was kind of in this sort of sound, um, you know, inland sounds. It was just, that was just breathtaking to see that shot. Yeah. There were, um, I, we've had a couple of small glimpses I think maybe I'm just remembering the previews from from episodes of the season because I remember that view of the sept mm-hmm. but I noticed the same thing um, and I'm, I promise I'm not jumping us ahead but uh, when Sam rolls up to uh, the citadel mm-hmm. um, whatever the hell that city is called my brain Minus cannot think of any of these things right now <laughs> and even uh, even the winter fell like watching Melisandra right away which we'll get to both those things but but there were definitely these huge expansive views of course, you noticed this was directed by our favorite director, uh, Sapochnik, from last week's episode. From last week, yeah. I noticed yeah. as soon as this kicked in, as soon as, soon as they oh, started yeah. framing this first 20 minutes in the way that it, I was like, oh, man, he's bringing the A game. Like, he's yeah. as good as last week was. He's like – and that, that was my favorite part. So last week was – you know, and, and since we've had a week to kind of hear everybody's thoughts – I think it's universally pretty much thought of as you know one of the top five, if not the number one, you know, battle committed to film ever, right? Oh and, yeah. You know the the intensity and the visceral nature of it. So for him to go from that tone to like, I'm gonna slow this down and I'm gonna give you a puzzle box yeah. that just unfolds and I'm gonna give you this very this ballet, you know, this yeah, ballet it was... that's gonna unfold. Um, I'm actually watching oh. in the background while we're talking, and the other thing I was gonna mention too, the inside shots of the sept. I've never seen the sep look so good inside. Like they, they kind of do yeah. that uh, floor to ceiling. You get to see like the big statues, like you know the Gotham, you know Gotham City statues, like holding up the roof or whatever it was. Like just the the oh the look of that is gorgeous too. So yeah. are you talking about the seven, like the um the the gods, the statues yeah. of the gods? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they definitely looked uh, much bigger um, than they have before. Yeah, um, and I don't think they've they ever shown much us more that like, view before. You know. Yeah, it's funny too because um, it's become such a, a central location this season um, and and last season to some extent too. But and they've definitely improved on how they're shooting it um, or creating it with pixels. But um, mm-hmm. but you know it's funny because so many scenes happened there that mm-hmm. we just don't connect with that being that location. I mean, Ned's beheading happens on the steps outside. Um, you know, with the crowd gathered underneath. And, uh, uh, of course, like the, you know, um, uh, Jamie raping Cersei at, you know, beside the, the dead body of their son, Joffrey, uh, happens in that same, you know, inside. And um, uh, I, I believe there's a part where um, Joffrey... I mean, all the wedding. One, one of them uh, leads Marjorie around. Like, I think Joffrey is pointing out the stuff. Is, I can't remember if that's in the keeper in the... No, that's, uh, that's in there. In the sept. I think, I, I think but, it's in the sept. Oh no! What you're? I think you're is in the people. They, I mean, they got married in the sept. There's, I mean, yeah, yeah. and Sansa's wedding, I think, was in the sept too. I mean, there's all yep, kinds of yep. 
set shots that we've seen, but nothing like this. Like I'm, I'm watching it right now, and there's just these kind of these 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 almost like Dutch tilt shots of the of the high <laughs> septon, and you see like just the gods towering above him. Like just oh god, the whole thing. Yeah, shot so lit so well, scored so well. And again, yeah, yeah. I really so, like how it's become like it's this location that's so interesting you know yeah but i'm right now so so just because I'll, I'll rant for hours on this so i gotta yeah, keep, yeah. I gotta keep it short but right now i'm watching loris um did that because we knew his trial was gonna happen too did any of that shock you um or surprise you i, I you know my what was going through my head as that was happening um so we're talking about when loris was on trial mm-hmm. uh and confessing to his sins uh there were there were several shots to marjorie and I, and so i just kept thinking this is this is the game that Marjorie has set in motion. This is her mm-hmm. little game, you know. She's she's talked Loris into this, mm-hmm. um, and then if, and then I felt like <clears throat> when they when they you know carve the the seven when they, star when they Loris head, bastarded him, when they Hans wanded uh, him or whatever you want to call. Him. <laughs> I thought you were referring to Lancel with your note about Inglorious Bastards wow. and the and the fire. Um, but yeah, so they when they when they carve the seven pointed star into his head, and she says, "You mutilated him. You promised me you wouldn't do that." <clears throat> you know, I, I thought like, okay, so she has struck some deal. Um, so that's kind of what I thought. I mean, I, I definitely didn't think he's he's sorry he got caught, but I felt like this is not these are not the words of a man converted. You know, this no. is, this is the, these are the words of a man trying to get out of worse punishment. <laughs> Well, and it was just shocking that they went that far with it, that they actually like, you know, and I, I was surprised that it was an inglorious bastard. I thought it was like a, a brand. I thought they were going to like whip out like a branding iron or something. So when they started Ugh. carving, I was like, oh God. It well, just, you know, there's um there's a shot of Lancel a couple seasons ago I, where he's carving it in his own head, I believe. Um, and uh, so that, um, uh, but I did, I mean, you know, not to get too far off on that topic, but I did think it was weird that, like, someone would forcefully carve that into a faith militant's head because yeah. it seems like the whole point of that would be the person voluntarily does it, and that makes yeah. it even more hardcore. It's not it's like a, a brand. Yeah. It's like a, you know, it's like a, a uh, um, you know, it's the albino in uh, uh, Da Vinci Code yeah. who's got yeah. all the things carved into him, or it's Nightcrawler from the X Men who's got the you know things carved. That's into a great him. point. Yeah, you're right. So, Actually, it, yeah, it I thought it was going to be self mutilation. You know, uh, maybe that's open. why it was so off putting because it just it felt re- it was really uncomfortable and then just you know, just it was a you know one moment and then you yeah. kind of think too well now that he's carved like because up to that up to that moment. I was thinking, how are Marjorie and Loris going to get out of this? Knowing that the, the Sept is probably going to burn down or something, like, how are they going to get out of it? Yeah. As soon I, I was, as, as yeah. Loris was carved, I'm like, oh, man, he ain't going to get out of it. And I wonder if Marjorie – like, it started to sink in that, man, I this whole thing is a tinderbox ready to go up. And then, sure enough, and it's happening right now, as that <laughs> moment occurs, Marjorie's like – Oh shit! Something's something's up here. Like, and she starts to kind of see it. And Cersei's, you know, pouring her wine and everything. And then Marjorie's like, "Hey, Cersei's not coming." You know, she's yeah. And her explanation to the High uh, Sparrow was dead on. And it was one of those times where uh, exactly the the information that needed to be said (laughs) was said out loud in a very clear way. Of like, Cersei knows the ramifications of not being here, and she is still not here. That means she. It, you know, is doing something else. Like that was so perfectly logical, and it's not a thing we normally see in Game of Thrones. You know, 
Well, and she, and that line exposes the high Septon's weakness, which is he, he gets way too pompous and he loses sight of the bigger of, of what's going on. Like he Man. finally has his moment where he's like, yeah, everything's yeah. going my way. And he loses, he drops his guard yeah. too much, you know? And it, just, I mean, it was such a good performance from Jonathan Price because so many times while Loris is confessing, you just see this like little smile creep out of Jonathan Price's face, yep. like just watching him be, you know, Loris be humiliated it would just made, it was just so subtly done that I totally I totally bought it. Like, yeah, he's not gonna believe the worst of Cersei at this moment yep. because he's so high on himself, which is another thing we've been saying all along, is that, you know, he's um he's it, this is not he's not as as uh humble as he appears. You know, he's yeah, yeah. he's in this for his own ego anyway. And so he's bought into his own hubris at this point. Yeah, exactly. And um, then they get uh, so they get they get Picel uh, one of the like the little yeah, the so little two of the little birds, uh, yeah, um, which uh, was interesting uh, for reasons that we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, I wondered what would what was going to happen to Picel. Um, it's interesting he was dispatched in that way. Did you think that? A little bit. I honestly didn't think he was. I thought he was being led to safety at first. I thought he I, was like, they're like, oh, we're gonna yeah. keep you. Know, he's been loyal enough. We'll we'll put him. We'll put him aside. But as soon as Quiburn showed up, I'm like, oh man, he's done. And then when the all the little birds come out of the the darkness with their daggers, I was like, Jesus! Like, what? Well, there's this obvious what kind like of candy. Did Quiburn promise them to do? Oh man, there's this obvious like parallel between the Lancel and Picel like running down into, you know, the underground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, my brain was like, why, you know, why are these two, what's going on? I didn't, um, whereas Picel was requested by one of the little birds who mm-hmm. theoretically, I guess he would have recognized. Yeah. It must've been, it to might've been like, one like of, he's kind of like, like I his. get it. This is one of the little birds that Varys used to have or something. I mean, I would assume uh, that he would have put a couple of them in his employ as well. You know, I wonder they, they turned on him and, uh, and then, and then, uh, but Lancel I thought was great because it was like, oh, he's obviously, they obviously like you know that kid was was seen so that someone would chase him into the catacombs. <laughs> oh, surely. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, that one, that one, I, I, you know, I just thought was really, um, like, well, did really exactly well, what it was supposed to do. It was really well done, and just the drama of him getting of him getting shivved so that yeah, he has cool. to crawl to the wildfire. Because my whole thing was like, how is the wildfire going to detonate? And right, I'm like, right. Because he's holding the torch, maybe when he yep. falls. But when they get to the wildfire and you see the candles have been dripping down this whole time, I'm like, oh, brilliant. Just, oh, God. I just, yeah. That's when I... That's what I started just clapping out loud, just spontaneously. Like, yeah. And, then, and that's when I was like, <laughs> man, Cersei... And you think about it, all of this was of Cersei's design, with Quiburn's help, obviously. Yeah. But you, you go back to that conversation she had with Elena Terrell where Elena's just, just giving her like the blunt, honest truth. Like, you're the yeah. worst person I've ever known. But Elena tells her, she's like, what are you going to do? Kill everybody yourself? And I'm yeah. like, oh, God, she's going to. It's going to yeah. happen. It's it's absolutely <laughs> going to happen. And then um, Marjorie, and it's happening right now as, as we're watching. This is kind of a pseudo commentary track. Well, like it's, I, I got to back up. Going. We, we got to back up. And, uh, you know, it just, just to hold true to form and criticize everything we can about everything. All right. Uh, Lancel gets shivved one time, <laughs> and and he's a goner. <laughs> I'm gonna say it was like a it was like a across, main across <laughs> you know across the narrow sea. Uh, Arya can get stabbed repeatedly well, in the belly yeah. and even have it twisted, and she can still jump out of windows and stuff. So obviously, the Faith Milton's training is not as hardcore as la- <laughs> as Lady Crane's medicine. Like, what if Lady Crane had been there? She could have totally saved Lancel, and this all would have yeah. been. 
yeah. would have been for not. Come with but me, yeah. you silly boy. She says, is, is fly out of there. She pulls yeah. like a she pulls like an apocalypse from X Men like like warps there and like pulls him out, <laughs> you know. But yeah, he's a and he. But I think I the way they they just showed him like crawling. I wonder if they didn't um like slash his Achilles heel or something like because he visibly could not walk. He falls and he's like, I can't walk anymore. Um, mm. I you mean, know? you know, yeah, it's it's uh it was just the one good stab. I mean, that kid was obviously a trained faceless man. Let's just hope like, so. Like I, yeah, it, would, it would be awesome if that kid came around the corner and like pulled off his mask and he was Jack and Hagar. It's like, yes! yes! <laughs> I would have forgiven everything Jack and Hagar related this season if that had happened. If that kid was like, yep, <laughs> a man knows no age and like pulls off his, you know, pulls off the head or the, the face. And, oh. um, so Arch- were you rooting for anyone to get out of the sept once, once it gets to the point where he's crawling towards the melting candles? Yeah, so, well, once Marjorie goes... Dude, this this is not good. this. We got to get yeah. out of here. Once that happened, I'm like, none of them are gonna make it. None of them. So I kind of lost. I, I always sort of hoped that Marjorie might have found a way out of there. But as soon as she said that, I'm like, nope, it ain't. They're all done. They're all done. Um, and sure enough, too, when they all start to kind of like push their way out, like she she almost you know yells fire in a movie theater, and everybody starts to go out towards the doors, and the Faith Militant are like holding them in, which is really weird to me. But I'm not gonna pick it apart. It's not like Sansa not telling John that a whole army was coming to save him, um, you know. But I did I did kind of wonder, like I was like, you know, uh, why are they holding them in? What it would just seem well, weird. Well, but again, Jonathan Price's face totally sold it because that look when he turns around and you see like, oh, now he's worried. Like what's yeah. going on? It was so, and then right when they do the shot where he hears the rumble, right as it ignites, mm-hmm. I, that was so perfect. Just the look on his face where it's like he, you know, right in that moment he hears the rumble, and then, and then it's all over. Yeah. Well, the Faith Militant holding them. I mean, I'm watching. It's that scene's on right now, and like there, yeah, I, it fits because up to this point, the Faith Militant's already always kind of done like you know crowd control. Um, yeah. various degrees, like when Cersei was doing her walk and all that kind of stuff. So it makes sense for them to be like, hey, hey, nope, nope, y'all stay here. You know, and then sure enough, Lancel looks into the flame. And I mean, just, it wasn't even, I, I didn't even imagine how epic that would be. Uh, I agree. So you know? the first thing you texted me before I had started watching was I just get this text from Taylor that says, <laughs> holy the fuck. So that wasn't when, even for that though. That wasn't. I didn't. I know. So then, when I was watching and this happened, that was what I I texted you back and said, "I'm just at holy the fuck number one." Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But you were not talking about that. But yeah, that. I mean, uh, I mean, I remember it being destructive in the Battle of Blackwater Bay, but this was like. You know, well, and just the way they uh, shot, yeah. they shot it like you know, like the sequential barrels like blowing up under, and then they showed they literally showed the high septum being like incinerated to nothing, you know, like in a quick two second little like frame, um, and just the whole the whole thing goes, and it was it was kind of you know, people often get in trouble for ev- invoking nine eleven too much, um, and there Ooh. was a little of there was a little of that I felt, but it was it was done. I don't know if it was even intentional, but just the callback to that the you know the the big smoking you know thing oh, in the God. distance and especially when we call us back to what i thought was the holy the fuck number one toman just like and it was gorgeous and it was what i did not see this coming at all so toman he's standing at that same shot overlooking king's landing that i said was so gorgeous in the beginning now this big plume of smoke rising up in the distance it holds on that shot he exits the frame and i just thought oh wow they're they're gonna push in and just show that 
show that just to just to underscore how tragic it was. He returns to the frame and just jumps out the window. I was like, and oh my god! Totally quiet. There was there was no yeah. soundtrack, yeah. and so that slow, like, uh, soundtrack that had been building up in the background is just gone at that point. And, it's like yeah, they watched X Machina last year and all the things you loved about it. They're like, we're gonna, we're gonna make this twenty minutes that. <laughs> like the whole thing was just. It, I kept remind. I was reminded of your commentary on X Machina last year. Just like, oh my god, this is, all <laughs> yeah, this just is exactly quiet right. and slow and like the. That's all the pl- the planned leader behind it. You know, like um, Cersei quietly planning it and just not letting on what was going on. You know, having the mountain block Toman from going uh, to the trial. Although her Darth Vader jumping out the window, I, I totally thought it was about to happen. Really? And I did not see that. On it, and at all. and just before we started recording, I was telling you why we couldn't actually do a live uh, commentary track was because my um, when I'm watching HBO now uh, on my laptop, it'll stutter a couple times and it'll like just pause itself. And so when I just saw that empty scene with the window, I was like, wait, did it pause? You know, and I like mouse over it to like see if it's moving, and Justin Tomlin uh, walks back into the frame and steps right out the window. But I really thought like we're gonna hear him hurt himself, or we're gonna see like a noose appear or something like that. Like I just thought, mm, yeah, yeah, th- yeah, this is it. I just I was I was just convinced like yeah, this is this is it. I didn't I, I did not he think was... he would jump out the window. Yeah, uh, no. but I was not surprised when it happened. I was more thinking he was going to take his crown off and just be like a scared little boy again, and his mom was going to have to, you know, basically be the queen mother in, in you know, in, in all but name. Um, I just, just like you know, or in name, you know, in name and and fact. No, because it's and it's just the way he did it. It was just it was kind of. It was kind of funny almost just because it reminded me of the scene from the IT crowd, which is this comedy, BB, you know, this British comedy. Sure. Um, where. Uh, uh, Denim Renelm, like the the CEO of the company they all work at, and like one of the episodes, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, he uh, he gets some news that the pension his pension fraud has been discovered, and he's in like a board meeting. He's like, "All right, everybody, goodbye," and he like literally just gets up nonchalantly, walks to the window, and just kind of hops out. And it reminded me a lot of that. Wow, <laughs> just like it was kind of, there was it, and it was tragic too. Don't get me wrong, but there was just something kind of just sort of all of a sudden about it, where he's just like, "Yep." Here I go. And I'm like well, Jesus, you know. It was it was one of those weird moments, and and yeah, not to like uh, you know uh, glorify something that was tragic, <clears throat> because Tom, you know, Tommen was like a he was a pretty innocent character compared mm-hmm. to you know his brother and yeah. certainly his mom and, and dad yeah. and um and stepdad or whatever we want to call Robert Baratheon, <laughs> <laughs> his adopted father. Um, yeah. But uh, he, um. But that was one of the things that, like, kind of like the end of Hodor, where I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, your arc is done, mm-hmm. and we don't need him around. I mean, this, God, that sounds so cold. But we don't need that character around, like, trying to figure it out for a whole season or something, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's like yeah, it, was, right. it was cool to see him realize everything that had happened and probably put it all together. And, mm-hmm. you know, his mother did this. Obviously, you know, the mountain's the one blocking him from leaving, so he knows his mom's trying to keep him there. The whole thing goes down. You know, it's like he just put it all together. Mom just murdered our whole family and my wife's whole family. Mm-hmm. And Well, it's, it was it was nice. It was surprising in that, you know, I kind of came into this episode going, oh, she's going to go to this trial and blow herself up with everybody in it, and her precious Toman will go along, you know, will be in there too, and so she'll just take the whole world down with her. I like well, that they were true to her character and saying, no, no, no. Her self-preservation 
thing in her head is way too high and she's gonna she will find a way to take them all down and she'll survive um and if well, it goes down too then fair enough in one of the last episodes uh we had talked about um how cersei this this season just didn't you know she just didn't do any good cersei stuff yeah you know and she had a couple of good conversations with people but the whole this whole episode because we're just going to stay on King's Landing and and you know <laughs> talk about the crowning of Cersei, but that um that that slow scene that they kept kind of checking in on where she's getting dressed, which we finally mm-hmm. see like the you know the finale of it when she's walking to the Iron Throne and she mm-hmm. has the epaulets on and it looks kind of armored and stuff like that. Like that whole thing was just so. I mean, I was like, yes, here is the villain Cersei that we have been missing for two years. You know, finally back. Like I, I hate to say it, but I was kind of cheering for her. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? No, I was too. I was too. You know, and she's either supervillain now. You know, yeah. She, I, she's... I think it was when we were talking about you know people being redeemed, and it's like I don't think she can be redeemed. Maybe I said it in a different way in, in our other episode, but she's not like Jamie. Like we've never, even though I've felt for Cersei, uh, you know, as a mother, um, <laughs> I never thought she could be fully redeemed. So it was good to see her just go the other way and be like, well, and that was, that was reaffirmed in her, in her actual, what ended up being her real trial with the, uh, Septon nun. Septon Unella. Yeah. 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 Oh, Septa, did she have a name? Unella. Yeah. Unella. Oh no. And how do you know that? Is that a book thing? Yes. But they, um, they both, she and Marjorie called her that. Um, and ah, it just, okay. it just sounds like they're saying like uvula or something like they're like <laughs> Sept Unella. And you're like, what? Uh, and the oh, high sparrow, right. the high the sparrow, sparrow yeah. calls for that. Oh, but she's, ba- I mean, but it was really, it, it occurred to me as, as that scene was progressing, I'm like, oh my God, she got her trial after all because she's sitting there confessing everything. Yeah. And she's like, and she's like relishing. She's like, and guess what? It feels good. It feels good to fuck my brother. It feels good to kill everybody. It feels good to torture you. How about that? I'm just like, man, it was, it was almost like her affirmation of like, I am not a good person. And it was, it, again, it was kind of a continuation of her, di- her discussion with Olena, where Olena's like, you're the worst person I've ever met. And I'm, yep. I'm beginning to wonder if that was like, if Olena didn't push her over the edge, right? Um, you know, <laughs> maybe Cersei was still kind of clinging to some hope that she could, you know, little finger her way out of all this. And then Olena's like, you're, no. the, you're, you're the worst person ever. What are you going to do? Kill everybody? Fuck you. Goodbye. And, and Cersei's like, you know what? I'm going to take her words to heart and just kind of like went with it. Well, you know, we you know what? Yeah, go, I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, I was going to say we get this incredibly satisfying scene that was an echo of last season, which was not – was it the finale? Was her walk the finale last year? I think so. No, I think it was the, the finale. The finale. So we get this incredible echo of last year where now she's got um, the septa, you know, basically in change. She's like, confess, confess confess and then as she's walking out as as uh the mountain comes in which is again they i don't think they've ever referred to him as sir robert strong since he was introduced yeah exactly they're like this is sir gregory clegane here he is he takes off his helmet which was like i didn't expect that at all yeah um and then she's just like shame 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 and then you just shut the door i was fist pumping the air for for seriously at that moment because i'm like wow man she got everything she wanted there it is well so uh I, di- I didn't totally get the, her her rationale, which is a dumb word to use in that moment, uh, for capturing the Septa and torturing her. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it seemed a little like uh, I mean I guess her it, I guess it was all 
for the confession. That was all like a plot device just to get Cersei to confess to all her sins. Oh, but come on. You know? she, she She's had it out for the Septa. Like as soon as Robert Strong, quote unquote, was revealed to her after her walk of shame, the first person she thought of in terms of revenge was that bitch. <laughs> get it. As soon as well, I figure out a way to get her, she's got, I'm going to take her. And like, I, that's... Uh, I she, guess I just I thought I would have thought that home. the High Sparrow would be the one that you know, uh, no. but uh, yeah, whatever you know. I, like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to pick that apart. Um, the uh, the other thing that I think we had, we definitely had like predicted or at least jumped on the bandwagon for, which did not happen, was that wildfire didn't go totally crazy and burn the whole city. Yeah, so that, true. There were a couple of scenes of like when the bell comes like crashing through a wall and you see like the flame sort of uh, you know lick out and hit a couple of citizens on the street where it was like you know I, I kind of had that thought of like oh holy shit <laughs> the whole yeah, city is yeah, going to yeah. catch on fire but it it really was like a bomb it was not uh, I'm glad they it, it showed, was not um, a fire you know I'm glad they showed some, like like casualties too like you know like unintended casual like it it, blew yeah. out. it wasn't just you know some it wasn't like a magician's trick where it was just like hey in this exact you know vicinity and nowhere else like it it hit other parts of the city to the point oh, where yeah. in, when they cut back to it a few times you could hear still i think when jamie even looked on and saw it yeah. there were still people you know screaming and just like oh no say you know help us and it was just it was again very very 911 and I, there's been other tragedies too that you could pull from but just it kind of had that vibe for better or for worse, that just I was like, wow, it's this is unsettling. In some yeah, I, it it was definitely uh, unsettling. Maybe they can, uh, um, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> I don't want to dwell on that too much because that just you know it's that's uh, it's frightening. But yeah, the yeah. I think the purpose of that too was, um, you know, at, at the end of last season, these the citizens are lining the streets. Uh, throwing feces at Cersei and and spitting on yeah. her and humiliating her and at the end of this season, they're all really quietly watching her be coronated. Yes, <laughs> and great it was like I, I just got that, that. I got that feeling of like that whole uh, room was like holy fuck, this woman like we are afraid of this leader now. That's you know? a great point. You know, and, and it was, was so chilling that. when Kybern was like you know, protector of the seven kingdoms or whatever. And it was like, fucking A. Vibrant <laughs> with his little, his little hand of the queen pin, by the way. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. I mean, I saw that you put it in the notes. Um, I There was that great shot where you first see him holding the crown, where I was like, oh, mm -hmm. man. <laughs> They're not even like, there's no weird uh you know she's, she's just the steward be the of the kingdom yeah exactly it's like no they're gonna just fucking crown her yep. um, that was crazy. Yep. it was very much it reminded me i mean I, I was surprised kevin spacey didn't walk in from his house of cards character and be like and then like look at the camera or do because you know, it had that kind of vibe to it where you're like oh jesus like it had that um it had that Robin Wright in House of Cards kind of <laughs> thing where it's like she won <laughs> like she won and I loved every minute of it. I just I can't you know yeah, it was uh, so that we got to touch on Jamie um, in the yeah. background of that scene of her coronation. Jamie makes where... it back. Um, is he, and I always thought he'd make it back and she'd be dead. You know, I had all these other theories. It, I, what happened was so much more satisfying than anything I had thought of, which is always great to see. But yeah, he sneaks in. You know, he's like, oh, he sees the sept completely in shambles. Yeah. He's like, well, he, de he definitely wasn't. She wasn't going to die because he's going to kill her. <laughs> oh, you think so? <laughs> I mean, he's the Valencar or Valencar. Well, what, did, what did you think? Um, 
well, he'll be the Queen Slayer too. Then, what did you think he was thinking? I mean, because that was the one thing I couldn't I couldn't get a read on him when he was up in the in the court area watching, and they made eye contact, and I was like, what is I, the yeah. thoughts on all this? Because like, surely he knows his son's dead by the fact that she's being crowned. Yeah, queen. you know, he knows I, that. But there, there's a kind of funny theme too. Not funny, haha. But uh, interesting theme where Jamie always sort of shows up after some shit's gone down in King's Landing, mm-hmm. and he's—I feel like we've seen him, you know, kind of over on the side before, like kind of, you know, uh, running his gaze over the crowd, like, "What did I miss?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, because um, I guess he's away when Robert dies, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's. Um, uh, does he arrive at Winterfell with them, or does I think he arrives later? No, no, he shows uh, up. He shows up with the see in there in the big throng, like in episode one or whatever. Yeah, because remember wow. he comes in and, and Tyrion's already like at the whorehouse. He's like, oh god, here you are. You know, it's like it, it's it right. was one of those. That's how I think how all those guys are introduced. Yeah, so it's uh yeah, I definitely think he he's eyeing her as like this is. I just things have not been right since since Joffrey died between yeah. them. I, I don't think um, uh, when he you know oh yeah he shows up well, at the end no, of that one wait, season wait, wait, with the golden hand but they had that moment where it's like you're my like they had that moment where he's like you're my sister and I don't care and it's like it, it, oh, was it last season or it was one of those seasons where they're just like we're gonna do whatever we want now it was right after Tywin died yeah maybe yeah. I was reading into it but I felt like they're not um. You know, because J- Jamie helped Tyrion escape, right? I mean, yeah. so he, uh, yeah, I felt like he's he's keeping stuff from her. She's keeping stuff from him. It's not like they've decided to be together, but it's not everything's not great. I guess I'm, you know, like I said, I'm probably just reading into that. So I definitely think that look from him was he he knows she is the cause of all of his children's death mm-hmm. deaths, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just seeing how freaking cold she can be because I, I you know I think he understands that like taking of life better than she does like in a in a way you know he has a better uh, respect and appreciation for it he's trying to avoid it at river run and stuff like that so um then he comes back home because cersei's just flat out set off a bomb and m- murdered thousands of people yeah you know? yeah yeah it was uh, it was cold yeah he i think that's oh that's a good point i think he is do you yeah, I, I got this. I, if I had to take any, he was he was playing his read. cards pretty close to his chest. But if, if there's anything I got from that, because you know he didn't like flash or smile, he didn't flash or like an approving like approving nod. You know, it was more just like, oh shit. Like I think he realized this. This whole episode was her tra- her final transformation into the supervillain of the show. Um, you know, prior to think about this, she's the final supervillain before the White Walkers invade. So like this was kind of her transformation into that, and I think he finally was like, oh, I th- he didn't you know know explicitly, but I think he got that vibe off the fact that again the whole crowd was hushed. You know, she's the queen. Yeah. When he left, it was you know he's like, I need to stay, I need to protect you. I you know he knew she was kind of in 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 a tough spot. So the fact that he comes back and she's queen, it's like, oh shit, like what what am I in for here? You yeah, know? yeah. But let's um let's take that let's take Jamie as a jumping off point to the twins. Because the uh, the scene with him and Walder Frey was there was only like one or two moments in this entire episode where I was just like, "What's happening?" And I think that scene was one of them. I don't. Which I we kind of like even in the preview, we were like, "What the hell is going to happen? Why are they together?" And saying, you know, the Lannisters and the Freys and their guards and 
Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, it was it was sort of foreshadowing that that Walder yeah. Frey isn't as as hot stuff as he thinks he is. Um, but it, was I mean, just, it kind of felt like a waste of time compared to everything else, but not in a major, you know, distracting way. It was just kind of like, oh, well, this is what are we gaining from this? I, don't, I guess I can sure. see that. I I did at you know when it was just uh, Braun and and Jamie like sort of grab assing. Uh, um, <laughs> well, actually, let, let me back up because so. Uh, the I actually Wal- forgot about that. That's a great. When Walder Frey was, uh, um, well, he gives his whole speech about like how tough they are, and then when Jamie just puts him in his place, I thought it was like to me that was sort of the, you know, <laughs> the minor league equivalent of Olena putting Cersei in her place. You know, Jamie yeah. saying nobody's afraid of the phrase. Like yeah, yeah. you're a joke. Once like. If the you know if the Lannisters have to keep coming to retake Riverrun, then you've never taken it. Like you know yeah, you are yeah. worst. And I, I thought that was super good. Um, and then so if we can and then it, you know I mean if we want to jump to the grab assing. Um, oh, let's do. Yeah, I thought let's jump there. When I was watching it, and there was this woman that kept eyeing Jamie Lannister, my thought was, well, thank God, here's Arya come to kill them all. <laughs> oh, interesting! You so you, you saw that that early on. Wow. <laughs> um, and I guess you did not. You didn't see that coming. So Dude, that, that was my yeah, second. That gave you like a fuck. That was okay. my second because I is, wasn't even expecting that in the slightest. Honestly, and they, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just slow. But I thought surely she'll they'll they'll put her off until next season, and she'll have some kind of. I thought that was going to come much later. So the fact that that happened already was like, I mean, they just that shows how aggressively they're plotting forward. Not plotting forward, charging forward. Um, yeah, sure. yeah. Well, we had kind of guessed that. I mean, we you didn't share in this. I think you you uh, scoffed at the the idea that I said she could make it to uh, Winterfell before the Battle of the Bastards. And, like, Dude, she almost did. Her, God, uh, twins. I mean, I know. She I know. So I mean, it kind of begs the question of like how fast uh, Daenerys's ships can get there. Well. Um, <laughs> I hope they just take the summer and then they're there. No, like the, we'll get we'll get to this. But somebody in Iowa yeah. and I made a great point when I scoffed at the fact that that Varys was already back in Marine to, to sail on the ships again. They're like, it's called the Narrow Sea, not the incredibly long takes a year to get there. Yeah, yeah. And like, eh, fair enough. So, you know. Yeah, well, it's just so funny because it's like, uh, you know, how long does it take Sam to get somewhere or whatever? But yeah, so Arya made it back pretty quick, and um, I I mean I didn't She's got- I didn't. I didn't I put call the, it I, like I didn't go. That's Arya as soon as she served the wine to them. But there was a point where Jamie, like literally, this was one of the points where I rewound it, where Jamie just sort of distractedly looks at her and she's giving him this meaningful glance, like after Bronn has gone away. Was that and, still Arya? Was that Arya as? Yeah, yeah. And that, that was, was the her. moment where I was, oh. where I was like, oh, that's oh Arya. Like that's that's why that girl is staring at him because I didn't that's even Arya. Think of that, Jesus! I went right over my head. I was so oh, bad. I was so bamboozled by the. Fr- not at all. No, I'm that's so bamboozled. The girl that like served them the wine and no, and not at Bron, all. Yeah, and Bron says like you don't even have to try. You're just the the steak, and they're all the little birds pecking at you or whatever. And yeah, I remember um, that. I just it, that never never that was that was, that was the same girl that serves the pie to uh, uh, Walder. So then I got to mention that the Walder Frey pie thing is this awesome payoff for readers because there's a secret. Uh, not secret, but there's a fan theory that's one of those other things. That, uh, George Martin is not written directly in the books. It's like he's just kind of written around it where Lord Manderley uh, or Wyman Manderley. Um, Who is that? 
well, he's the white-bearded dude that says King in the North first and oh, puts okay. his sword down. But that um, when he goes to the Bolton's wedding uh, in the books, Walter Frey also goes to the like. Um, sorry, when Ramsay marries uh, Arya, the Jane mm-hmm. Poole disguised as Arya Stark, um, uh, the Freys go to that wedding at Winterfell, mm-hmm. and Manderly serves this pie. And book readers have there, there's been this theory that baked into the pie were his sons because oh, Manderly had made all these comments about how like he was going like he knew where the sons were and he was going to have them killed and bring a special gift to uh, Walter Frey which would um, uh, kind like it would it would return in kind his um, breaking of the guest right which is when mm-hmm. like uh, Catelyn asks to be served some food that's mm-hmm. like asking to be protected under the guest right like if you serve your guests food you're not supposed to kill them or anything they're under your protection so in the red wedding when she asks if they can have some food and drink mm-hmm. it's supposed to protect them and then he you know Walter Frey <clears throat> uh, breaks that that vow so See, the, that's thought... whole, the whole pie thing was supposed to be like in the books is like oh we're gonna get him back for breaking the guest right by serving him food that his sons are in so when See, Arya I thought it was did a... that I thought it was rewarding for fans of, of the show South Park because she totally Scott Timmerman his ass and fed his Scott own kids Timmerman. to him at a at a con, chili con carnival and then it's like hi I'm the last person you're ever gonna see Scott Timmerman goodbye and it was the fact that she pulled it that way was yeah. so and, and I, I, to, to to tell you how freaking not ready for this I was when she's sitting there and he's like where are my sons she's like they're already here and I was like where are they and i i thought are they hiding now are they gonna come out and kill him now it's like is that what uh, yeah i was thinking that same thing i'm like what's going and she's like they are here i was like what is happening right now and it didn't even like i i'm i'm smarter than this why the hell didn't i see this coming at, at all it was such a it, again it was such a nice moment though because that was my second holy the fuck to you on the phone i was just like what the, <laughs> jesus when did this happen um talking about the manderleys though let's go to the north uh yeah. next because that was I think in 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 the if we were gonna you know rate uh, sections of King's Landing in terms of how cool they were, I think the the North was probably the second in my book, um, just in terms of how much cool stuff went down. Uh, it was really nice, by the way, seeing the wolf sigil uh, in the opening credits again after you know what, <laughs> two two seasons of the three seasons of the Flayed Man um, on there it was just really it was I was looking forward to them like are they gonna show oh they did and you know it wasn't burning down anymore it was it was kind of nice. Right. Did you expect? Um, did you expect the scene? Well, <laughs> let me let me let me rewind. I was very grateful the season didn't end before we got one final sort of kick-ass moment from Lady Mormont. Um, oh man, no <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit worried after last season or last episode. I was like, man, she didn't have anything to say. Yeah, her resting bitch face to Ramsay was priceless, but she didn't say anything else. And good lord, so the fact that she's the one who's like, listen, all you assholes, none of you were here when we had to fight, so you all better step up now. And then my favorite line was when Lord Manderley goes, he kind of stands up and he's just like, Lady Mormont speaks harshly. But truly, I'm just yeah. like that. That sums her up. I want that on the T-shirt for my so, next Comic Con. Is that? It was so good. Yeah, I mean, I really was hoping for a Queen in the North moment there. That would have been great. They're like, well, why the hell are we following this guy? Her, Lady Mormont. Yes. No, but did you expect? Did you expect that? And was it? 
I I was a little bit, you know, I, I read that other people were like, this was the best moment of the show. I'm like, yeah, but I, I kind of felt a little bit of dread just because the last time we heard a bunch of people shouting King of the North. Yeah, wasn't that did scary? Did not go well <laughs> at all. Right, right. You know? That was really weird because it totally echoed that scene of everyone cheering it to Rob. And because of the cuts in the scene, because we're, we're just taking the geography of the place and discussing each geographical location, not the order of the episode, they, there was... There were the scenes between uh, John and, and Sansa and Sansa and Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Um, Sansa saying the White Raven had uh, arrived, and so winter is here. And um, which, by the way, that's like four episodes <laughs> late. Uh, Pycelle said that, like in episode uh, season goddamn two. <laughs> Remember, they're sitting there at the small council, and he's like, "And that concludes the longest spring we ever had, everybody." Yeah, <laughs> that, that was like I thought that was already established. Like what? What the hell? Yeah, I guess I guess it's coming for a while, and then winter is here. Yeah, which I uh, love that too. And Sansa's like, well, or was it was it uh, John or Sansa's like, our father's been promising us for this whole time, you know? Yeah. So we had that scene first. Then we have Bran's flashback, where, uh, uh, which um, did you? I mean, were you were you into this? <laughs> this I thought flashback? it was gosh, man. I was really surprised that we, as oh. many kick-ass brand things we've had this season, our final look at him was, oh, and here you go. And uh, it, I was, exp- I was kind of wanting more with Benjen, you know, just more. Yeah, that was the part I thought was rushed. I thought, but... you know, he's he was gone for so long. Let's spend a little more time with him and learn about what he's seen and been through. But the fact yeah. that he drops him off. Not even at the wall. Like he drops him off at the freaking wirewood tree or weirwood tree or whatever. And then yeah. and then Bran's just like, Oop, I gotta do this. And well, it wasn't even you know, it wasn't even to be like, um, oh I gotta see where my family is or what's been going on. Oh, I gotta go back to that thing that the, the Raven said not to look at. I gotta do that real quick. And I'm just like, Really? That's what we're gonna like just jump to inexplicably, I guess. I, that's funny because I, I see in the show story plot how that doesn't make sense. Like, why would he do this now? Why wouldn't he like, you know, sort of Peep to see where the White Walkers are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but in the viewer logic of what the hell ever happened in that tower? Like that's exactly where. I mean, not that I thought he was going. Oh, go I get it. But when yeah. it went to it, I was like, thank God we're going to have some resolution on this. But before that, Benjen did explain that magic in the wall, which we talked about several episodes yeah, ago. Yeah. So that was super gratifying to me to know <clears throat> that is in the show. It you know it's that the rules have now been established. And we we don't know if once Bran crosses, it'll bring the White Walkers in because um, you know because he's been marked by the Night King or what? Do you imagine uh, a scene next season where um, Sam? Because the only reason for Sam to exist as a character is to discover shit about the White Walkers. I've decided like there's no other reason. They may try to string Gilly along, but like the only reason he's there is to learn stuff. Do you imagine a scene next season where he's in that massive kick-ass you know uh, Hogwartian library? And like he reads something about you know the magic of the wall juxtaposed to Bran crossing the wall, which is <laughs> what would allow the or maybe he finds out about the Horn of Winter or something. But like I feel like that's we didn't get it, and I was I was a little premature to suggest we might get the wall falling down this season. That was kind of silly of me, but I think next I think the Ned's head next season is going to be that. I think that's <laughs> I'm I'm serious. Well, because where else do you go? And that's got it. They've got to start raising the stakes. And for the record. I really want to see the wall crumbled, the the model wall crumbled in the opening sequence. I think that would be shocking, <laughs> you know. Well, should we uh, should we talk crackpot theories? Because oh, of I love the idea that that's Sam's purpose in the show is to find something in the Hogwarts library um, 
and go and and go I know I knew it like you know or whatever this makes so much sense it puts it all together and then he's got somehow to inform John who is probably in the throes of battle at that moment you know mm-hmm. of what's going on but I'm wondering if it's going to be tied to the brand the builder theory which uh, I, I can't believe I had not heard about this until last night when a friend was telling me in that big uh, coffee table book you got the world of ice and fire Mm-hmm. Apparently, there is a drawing of Bran the Builder, who built the wall, of course, infused it with its mm-hmm. magic. Also built Winterfell and um, Dragons, or not Dragonstone, but Storm's End or something. Um, mm-hmm. So we assume those castles and that wall are magic to keep the White Walkers out. But there's a picture of him in that book, in a litter, like being carried, where he has no use of his legs. And we know all about how Bran time travels. Because okay, what the hell? I gotta go look at this. Loops now. into Hodor, and we see even in this episode where Ned, they call back again to Ned hearing him call out. You know when Bran mm-hmm. is is viewing that scene at the Tower of Joy. So is it possible that Bran, the younger that we know, is Bran the Builder from before, and that this is you know this is uh, Matthew McConaughey from uh, the <laughs> first season of uh, of uh, oh shit whatever that show is. Um, where he's t- time is a flat circle. No, the uh, <laughs> the HBO series. Um, oh, true, uh, true Detective. Yeah, True Detective. Where yeah, where it's time is a flat circle, and Bran, uh, go you know back in time built this wall when he was um, a cripple, and infused it with his magic, and then he loops back in time himself and crosses the wall, even though he's been marked by the Night King, so they're able to take the wall down, so he has to go back in time <laughs> and loop back again. Did you know there's a Brandon again. the Builder and Brandon the Breaker? I didn't know there was a Brandon oh, the Breaker. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, so. page 145. This is in the uh, World of Ice and Fire. I'll have to look up, look up, uh, look yeah. this up as we go. I wonder if, I mean, it would be so satisfying if, if George Martin weren't able to sort of finish those books Oh, man, I'll tell you one thing. So uh, Joanna Robinson has a crackpot theory. I I love this crackpot theory, which is George Martin has already written both books, Winds of Winter and Dream of Spring, and they're ready to go, and he was just simply waiting for this season to end, and then they're going to put both of them out. I was like, man, that's a great crackpot theory. There's no way his publisher publisher would have never gone for that. I can't. There's no way. (laughs) My crackpot theory is, wouldn't it be amazing if we all went back to World of Ice and Fire? (laughs) <laughs> and maybe like the Duncan Egg stories, and we find out that all the pieces are there, and he doesn't even have to write the next two books. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this: if you haven't picked up the World it. of Ice and Fire, go do it because Jesus, it's it's for somebody who didn't read the books, who's just enjoyed the show the whole time. It's the perfect companion. It fills in all the gaps yeah, yeah. of everything. It makes the show watching richer. Um, and it's just it's a cool ass book. Like it's illustrated. It's oh yeah, meant it looks to, amazing. It's sort of they tee it up like it's it, it's a, an actual book in this in the Citadel and Old Town that you find, and it's like the whole thing is really cool. Um, so we, so yeah, so we in that scene in the Tower of Joy, we finally see the Promise Me Ned moment, mm-hmm. where uh, the only thing I was frustrated by, and I rewound it like ten times, was when she leans over to Ned and for some reason decides to whisper Whispers. one yeah. little thing to him. What the fuck? And not like in everything else, she just says so that Bran can hear it, and it, apparently he heard the whispers because there was an expression on his face, but. I rewound that over and over again, and what she said she says something that? like his name is, and then it like goes away, and it did not, not sound like, at not all like, like uh, Rhaegar. 
Yeah, so but it's not like no, it, it's gonna be. But it's not like her her um midwives weren't up, you know, didn't know what's up. Like everybody's right. in her in that building, in that structure, knew what was going on. They knew who they were protecting. They knew what was going on. So yeah. it's like the fact that she would whisper it to him was so weird. I'm like, what? Yeah. You're revealing this to the audience. Like, don't whisper it. Come on. Well, man. is it possible? I just don't even know. Like, is it possible it's somebody that's not Rhaegar? I don't know. Who else would it be though? Because. I think everyone's assumed it was Rhaegar because they the rumor that Robert put out there was Rhaegar kidnapped her and took her to this tower. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was. It's gonna be Rhaegar. I just so, I was a little bit annoyed they weren't more deliberate with it though. Like all they did. Was I agree. Transition it's like if you're gonna go to this scene, like just be deliberate about everything. But they transitioned the face to John's face, so they they answered it, but they kind of didn't. You know, it was, it was almost like why are you masking this more than it needs to be? But you know, well, again, the fact they they showed yeah. it was enough. All I could think of, and the reason that we went on this detour to that flashback was um, because we were talking about the scene where they're, they're saying King in the North, just you know, echoing what they did to Rob, and I was thinking, wow, we just watched something that showed pretty, pretty much that he was not, uh, like not in any way a legitimate King in the North. Well, and, and Littlefinger was in the background little, kind of looking on like angry, like, oh, you damn it. Yeah, because if anyone knows... Like he knows, and Littlefinger said to Sansa earlier. He said, "What? I mean, wasn't it Littlefinger that said to her, like, you know, do we want a, a true-born child of the Starks who was born in the North, or do they want a bastard who was born in the South? Wasn't that Littlefinger that said that? Yeah. No. In fact, that scene. Um, I have the episode going on. That scene is yeah. literally happening as we speak. Yeah. So, so anyway, I brought that up just to say, like, that King of the North scene was, you know, there was a great subtext there of like where it goes to his face, um, and their chant, you know, they've picked their king in the north and it's like we've just learned he literally can't be the legitimate king of the north so i think that uh, what they're teeing up is a there's going to be a the 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 kind of the arc of next season is king's landing versus daenerys versus uh and somehow i think winterfell is going to be part of that and it'll probably be like some big three you know battle of the four armies or battle of the five five armies or something like that and then the big, the big sort of uniting moment is the wall falls down, and everybody's like, "Oh shit!" And then everybody realizes we all got to team up. And well, I don't know that the North is going to bother with the South at all. You think? Uh, but with Littlefinger there, he's if he's pledged himself, and Cersei's on a vendetta, she's going to come for him. He's the only one left on her shit list who is still. Oh, oh, oh the South may come for the North. Yeah, yeah, um, and then find themselves in the in the shit when the wall comes down, or or whatever happens. But um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what about that Melisandre scene? I mean, what were your feelings on that? I, I, I mean, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad Davos finally confronted her. I did like seeing some different emotion from Davos for once, instead of just like you yeah. know, earnest, earnest support for all things he sees and hears. It was just like, oh, he yeah. actually is for once showing something else. Like, I don't even remember back when his son died. Because remember, he had a he had a kid at one point who yeah. died uh, when Stannis, you know, in season two when Stannis attacked. I don't remember him even showing much emotion then afterwards other than, Oh shit, everybody died. But me, well, I guess. and it's funny too. Cause, uh, not funny. haha, but, um, they could have, uh, that would have actually made it stronger if he'd brought up his son in the scene. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't did he? No, um, not because at all. his son was a follower of Melisandre's. Yeah. Yeah. And died because he bought into all that Lord of light crap and yeah. thought Stannis was Azora high. And in fact, in the books, I think he has like seven sons that all die or something. I was really hoping he would have 
either killed her or made an attempt at her, and John had to basically put him in the the stock or put him in the in the jail to cool off or cool down for a little while, um, or something. I just it was it, it, it was definitely kinda, seemed like just an exposition scene so that they could get her away from Winterfell, yeah. but point out that she will have a role to play. In oh, the, she totally you know, will. in the war to come. So she yeah, totally will. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's go on to real quick. Going back to the most important character of all season six, Sam. uh, Samuel Hurley himself. Um, yeah. Let's, no, I, again, I wouldn't it have been so much cooler if we hadn't seen him at all this season, except for this episode. And they flash. We could have seen Minas Tirith and, and everything they showed us, but they flash on him in Old Town. Like already like in, in Maester College, like going through the they could have shown us the library, the whole thing, but he's like researching shit. And one of the things he discovers is something about the White Walkers that tees up next season. You know, wouldn't that have been so much better? But instead, we're just like, hey, Gilly, and then this, you get this whole thing where this wagon drops him off like five miles from freaking Old Town just so they can see it from a distance, I guess. It's like, why didn't you take him all the way to the town? That was a little bizarre, but yeah, they, uh, you know. And so they're there, they're looking at it. He walks in. I did. I will admit, though, I did like the scene with the the receptionist maester. <laughs> that was yeah. that dude. That actor is my is my other favorite new face besides uh, Lady Mormont this season, just because he was so like you could just tell he's like excuse, like you could have shot that scene in like the 1980s, and that character would have been the same guy. Man, right? I swear, this director. He's just leagues above some of the other directors we've seen for Game of Thrones because in both these last two episodes, we've seen stuff that's been funny for the show, but yeah. it's not like corny. You know, yeah. there's no, yeah, and yeah, yeah. where in other episodes, when we see something corny, we just kind of groan. Like, it's like, oh, you just broke us out of the moment. But like, that guy was really funny. I thought, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was just, just even when he like opens the book and like puts his finger down and scrolls down the page and is like, this says G.R. Mormont is the Lord Commander. It's just like, just the sort of slow bureaucratic way that he's <laughs> yeah, contradict yeah. this, you know, this guy that just showed up at his door. I thought was, you know, like that was just perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was very, it was very amusing. Um, then when he was like, "No women and children, good grief!" It's just like, yeah. you know, they they walked off. I was like, "Oh man, this is... but I did. I, I mean, what did you think of the? Uh, I mean, what did you think but, of the Hogwarts library? Was that, I mean, it was cool to see. I mean, was it necessary? Did we need to spend, what, 10 minutes? Uh, I just, I mean, didn't you know what was going to happen? I, that was kind of how I felt of like, oh, yeah, Sam loves books, and he's going to leave him to the library, and he's going to find out that this library is the whole, like, it's going to be as big as the building itself or something, you know? Yeah, I just, yeah. I knew, not that I knew it would just go up. I just thought, like, he's going to see so many books he's never seen, and I, I really thought there was something else coming. I really thought, like, well, that other guy's going to come and talk about the discrepancies in the, you know, in the record with Sam or something. It was just weird that he uh, glimpses up. And then, of course, um, uh, not that I disagree with the Minas uh, Tira or what, what's that place Minas called? Tirith. Tirith. <laughs> but I'm going to say I think it's Baradur. Like this is Sauron's power oh. with the flame, little smoke oh, at the sure. top. <laughs> Pre Pre Sauron Baradur, where it's just like you know, everything was good. And, All the birds flying in. Um, yeah, yeah. So but, that was uh, that was a little obnoxious. I mean, I wish that was because it would have been cooler to have been like, oh, that's right, Sam exists, and like just to see, oh, here's where you. But instead, we you know we wasted. I think the the only sour note of this whole season has been anything Sam related. 
where it's just like oh, has he only been in these two episodes though the um downton tarleys and then this one <laughs> downton tarleys yeah no nah, no it was downton tarleys it was this and then there was that one of him and, and uh gilly on the boat remember like season episode two or three where yeah. it's like hey we're on a boat and we're sailing and we don't yeah, biggest waste of time i think for the entire show now see it would have been interesting um if I, maybe I'm remembering this wrong from the books, but I believe that Meister Eamon dies on that boat trip, uh, mm. and I believe they just put him in a barrel. So it would oh. have been interesting if he had come into the into uh, Baradur rolling this barrel, and they're like, it says here that Meister Eamon is the Meister of Castle Black, and he's like, ah, oh, actually, he's right here, and he just cracks it open and <laughs> rolls him out. The other thing thing that was, you know, the other the other sort of waste of time this season has been anything Dorn related. I was joking though, like, well, I was gonna say like they should take Dorn out of the opening credits and just put like uh, uh, Diana Riggs headshot because it seems like anytime, anytime, anytime Elena Terrell goes anywhere, like she owns that place so much, like we don't even need this. Who cares where it is? And so we finally get a shot of Dorn. I think this is the only time since since episode one, right, where we've seen Dorn. Yeah. Um, yeah, they come in, they, they, they kill uh, Doran, and yeah. then we don't see him. We don't see him. And so, like, when they showed Doran in the opening credits, I'm like, oh, God, of course. You know, and, and I was like, I wasn't surprised. But I was like, what are we going to do there? So when you flash on Elena Terrell there, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to go well. And sure enough, in, like, 30 seconds, she just she dispatches all the Sand Snakes. Like, you're an idiot. You shut up. Are you going to say anything? Nope. Good. And just, like, it was... It was perfect. It made me want a. I, I want a spinoff so badly of her, <laughs> Lady Mormont, like just just trolling around. In fact, if there's not a, if there's not one scene before this whole show's over of Lady Mormont and Elena Terrell trading barbs or something, I it'll be a. Waste <laughs> of time. I know. Gotta, we got to get one of those things. Were you um were you surprised now, Varys step in from the shadows? I was surprised that Olena was there at all mm-hmm. which was i mean it, it it instantly made sense to me well first of all um <clears throat> it made sense in you know movie superhero logic <laughs> mm-hmm. um in in the fact that like some bird had to fly from king's landing which first of all why would anyone in king's landing send a bird to tell <laughs> dorn that they you know that uh cersei had murdered uh all of the the uh, tyrells uh, it just seemed they, weird that she had that information. I don't. Th- no. I think Elena gave that to her. I don't think she knew that from King's Landing. I think they had an they had invited Elena Terrell, um, independent of that. And yeah. She's like, oh, by the way, uh, Cersei just murdered everybody. It's like, oh, okay. Well, she says it, she says it out loud right there in that meeting. Like she tells him, like everything's gone. Everything. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, just the fact that Elena would even know. I mean, why? You know, it's just like. It, the North didn't even know that winter was there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they had other things on their mind. It right. took that other bird, <laughs> like three they had seasons a, they to had fly a, up to the Winterfell. They had um, a penis-cutting bastard they had to but deal I, with. I'm, for, I'm fine with the idea that, like, oh, this scene, you know, this was, like, weeks later or something. Like, it's just not in – it doesn't all happen on the same day or whatever. Like, don't pick it apart. It was just kind of like Theon and Yara just standing before Daenerys' last episode, and you're like – Wait, what the? <laughs> you know, like we don't see uh, Olena travel or anything. So to me, it was like, wait, that's who they're talking to? Because as that shot zooms in over the water, like over the mm-hmm. like the pond in front of them, you hear Olena's voice. And you're mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Uh, at least that's what I, that was the part that her, shocked me. 
She's in her morning garb. That was kind of fun to see her and, just in all black. Like, oh, I've lost everything. And it was fun to see her show grief. Like, that's well, how I, she expresses grief. Yeah. It's like, I don't have a future. My son's dead. My granddaughter's dead. My grandson's dead. So fuck the world. I don't care. Well, I'm yeah, just... the whole house, Terrell, is gone. And it, and um, Anna was just surprised that she was still in the show, like, just kind of viewer-wise. Because I really thought, like, Oh, we've seen the last of her. You know, she's, oh, she's gone. Oh no, 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 Diana Riggs. I know too she's good. she's too good, but we. I, I thought that that point of her telling Cersei off, like literally telling her everything that's on her mind. I thought it was like, yeah, give her the one good scene, and then that's it. We don't see. That was her, her mic. You know? Her mic drop moment. Yeah, exactly. So I, the Varys inclusion is cool because um, he's kind of running. He's sort of like Littlefinger. He's running some like long con in the books, mm-hmm. which is really mm-hmm. weird, um, and. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that when he leaves uh, Tyrion in Slaver's Bay or wherever he ends up over there, like when he abandons that quest and goes back to Westeros, um, he murders Pycelle and Sir Kevin. Mm. So he's trying; he's still like kind of usurping the Lannisters, you know, mm. uh, because he's got the- he's the one that's running the whole game with Aegon the Younger. Um, yeah, he yeah, exists in the books only, not in the show. Yeah, exactly. So I so kind of like um, like the pies that Arya served Walder and um, a couple other references. I was like, okay, good to bring Varys in here, and so that we don't have to deal with like another subplot of what he's after, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and make him fully part of this, which makes sense because he wants the you know he wants Daenerys uh, on the on the throne. Yeah, it was interesting, uh, and and and. I guess we can kind of cut to Daenerys and Marine. Did you, the only other sort of sour note in this episode was the fact that Varys appears on the flagship heading to Westeros, having just been in Dorne. I was like, so he, he rode all the way back to Marine to then get on a ship to then go back to Westeros. Somebody pointed out though, that the, one of the ships or a couple of the ships had uh, the Tyrell sigil and the uh, Dornish sigil. I didn't catch that. Did, does Wait, that where, where in Marine? I don't know. Yeah, when at the very end, when they're when all the ships are heading across the narrow sea, um, somebody's like, "Oh no, I I thought I caught the uh, the you know the rose on one of or, you know the Dornish insignia on one of the ships, and then like the rose on one of the ships. So maybe he brought ships with him. I didn't catch any of that. But... I don't I don't think that's the case. I'm gonna call bullshit on that. <laughs> yeah, I have to go back and rewatch that. It was, it was, it was that was the only weird that was the only off putting moment. Where I'm like, why is he there? Like, can't they just get him when they're headed over? Um, but what do you think? Uh, do you think it's reasonable or smart for for Daenerys to be partnering with the Dornish for any reason? I mean, does she need them? Like, what's the what's the gain for her there? I've always thought the reason that she's partnering with the Dornish. Well, see, again, it's one of those weird things that, like, uh, the way they've the way the show has gotten there <laughs> is weird a little bit. So it's good to hear a viewer's perspective because um, now was Aegon. No, no, no. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Doran has been... Like, in the books, he's run one of those plots of, like, he's sent um, one of his kids over to Daenerys to try mm-hmm. to wed her. Oh, and, sure. And yeah. So so there's kind of, so they're kind of, they're basically bringing that in. So I assume this is kind of one of those things where George Martin said, well, yeah, then Daenerys will, you know, ally with uh, the Dornish, and they will... Uh, lead the Sacron King's Landing, and the, you know, and the, like it's probably like the the chess piece moves. The big ones have mm-hmm. to still be made, so that's why they kind of had to keep the Dorn 
Gornish yeah. around. Was just I'd for that. If I was Daenerys, and I'd be like, "Hey, these these motherfuckers just killed their own king, killed their own prince. How the hell do I expect them to be loyal to me? You know, other than the fact that they're women, but that shouldn't be all that she needs to." You know, even though she sort of threw threw Yara some. Uh, yeah, I think that's her whole qualification at this point. <laughs> She's like, "Are you so, a hot woman? <laughs> You're on my team." Just kind of, you um, know, I hate, I hate to reduce it. But to it's that, but you know, it's, it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Uh, thing I think, um, I you know, at least it doesn't. I mean, when the sand snakes were introduced. Both times we were like, "Oh, they're going to do something really badass," and then both, both like both fights they were in were like, "Well, that was pretty <laughs> lackluster." Yeah, so not, not all that. Um, it was just, and I remember too when they were introduced, like what was it, two seasons ago, or a season ago? Like everybody was like, "Oh, the Sand Snakes are coming!" Oh, get ready, everybody! This is going to be badass. And then it was just kind of like a yeah, yeah, nothing. <laughs> they're <much>. going <laughs> to chop Marcella's ear off and all this other crazy hey, stuff. Hey, by the oh. way. Well, while I'm on that note, too, uh, one thing I didn't mention, going back to Arya for a split second, I was saying that Sansa had kind of taken on the Lady Stoneheart, mon- uh, you know, sort of moniker unofficially. I think it's, I think Arya has proven she yeah. is Lady Stoneheart from this point forward. Yeah, um, I think just, so. You know that that the delivering of that vengeance and the fact that she's back in Westeros. What else? What is she going to do? Besides, run around just you know delivering vengeance, going off who, you know, whoever's left on her list. Cersei's still on her list, but let's remember that. Um, you know, like what's I think I think that is, and I'm so glad too. I'm so glad we finally put that to bed, um, and it's cool to see Sansa, but probably more more Arya taking that on. Um, but just I want to throw that out there. Back yeah, to- I, I I think that's a good role for Arya. Um, yeah, but. I don't know. It sounds cool. Plus, it, it gives her an opening to like run into her old uh, pal, the Hound, yeah. and uh, Beric Dondarrion as they're on their way north. Um, yeah, yeah. So going uh, back to uh, going back to Daenerys, though, I, yeah, yeah. I, it was. I, I didn't think I would. I, I've been kind of angry at Tyrion since he's shown up there because it seems like, and I got a lot of hate on Io9 for saying yeah. that Tyrion has not been very smart since he's been a Marine. A lot of the stuff he's done has been pretty stupid. Um, but that being said, I still almost teared up a little bit when she gave him, when Daenerys gave him his own hand pin, I was like, oh man, just to, to see him back. Um, and it was, was, you know, that was underscored a little bit by just the fact that his sister is queen now. So like, you know, they're going to attack his family directly. Um, you know, in a way that, you know, would he have been as on board if it was, if it was Toman now that it's just Cersei and you know, after he learns what she's done, you know, what's, what's he going to think? I, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's uh, it, yeah, it's definitely like, um, you know, there's sort of that powerful moment as a viewer, like where we like Tyrion and we're like, Oh man, he's, he's going to be hand of the queen for someone he really believes in and not mm-hmm. sort of the cynical, you know, hand of the King that he was before where he's, pushing Joffrey around. But then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but doesn't she have better advisors? I mean, like, isn't Missandei yeah. like, a much better advisor or, you know, but whatever. The, there's a little bit of the Davos syndrome going on there because he doesn't – think about this. Yeah. He only just showed up before she got whisked away after the uh, after, yeah. after uh, Dro- uh, Drogon took her away. He had, like, so one scene with her. Yeah, he doesn't really know her that well, but yet he still kind of has this like puppy dog love for her. I'm just like, why? Like, why? In the same reason that Davos, you know, fawns over Jon Snow after barely knowing him. I'm like, why is Tyrion? And maybe it's just the fact that he has he had nothing else. So it's like I'm gonna give this a go and go all in. I guess. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, all we can imagine is that like maybe 
Varys like had a big long heart to heart off screen with him about <laughs> about the Black Fire plot or whatever, yeah, and, then, and then said nothing ever again. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we never saw it on scene, you know, yeah, on screen. Um, I think this is the first time Varys has spoken since God Episode One. No, I guess he spoke. Well, no, he like, spoke to tell him he was leaving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He showed in the preview where he's like, "If I'm not, you know, if I if I don't come back, uh, you know, it didn't work." Um, for one but, of the most eloquent characters, it was just weird to see him. It is weird. Be like, oh, I'm not going to say much at all. I'm just going to react confused and baffled uh, when things happen. So he definitely like disappears in the books mm-hmm. a lot. So eh, you know, um, but but back to your point about like. So I just noticed in the notes that you had written that thing about like how did Varys get back? I mean, we were in agreement. He didn't. He doesn't come back to Marine. Like he's in Dorne. I I he think goes some. To Dorne, I think some. I no, but he goes back to Marine then to get on the ships to then come back to Westeros. But he, he's not on a ship. Yeah, at the very end, he's standing there with Daenerys and the, the her main crew on the, the flagship. That's it, it pans. No, no, no. Varys is back there. Go go rewind it. I just saw really? it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like The people on io9 were like, oh, well, he's no, there because is crazy. some of the ships were Dornish ships or, or Tyrell ships, so he must have sent the ships there, and then he just ran. But I'm like, why would they not just sort of... Why would he go all the way back to Marine, which is what this leads us to believe? Well, maybe he didn't go all the way back. Maybe they just met them in the middle of the sea and were picking up, <clears throat> you know, where they're already Fair in the middle. Enough, but, I guess, but no, he's. I'm he, watching right now. Of pants, he is on that ship. I did not even notice that. Yeah, he's standing next to Missende. Oh it's my like, god! No, I just saw that. It's yeah, so I weird. I rewound it and saw those yellow sails, which I assumed mm-hmm. were uh, Terrell or or Dornish or something. But yeah, I didn't even notice that last scene. There's like, there's a, a shot where it's just he's right over the shoulder of Daenerys, and I didn't even put that what's together. The, while you're watching that, what's the sigil when it first shows that scene? What does Theon look up at? Is that the it's his. snake? That no, is his. it's okay. it's the Kraken. Okay. The um, I, I believe yeah, like he looks up at like sort of a a thin little triangular sigil, and um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's the Greyjoy one. Okay, uh, cool. And then there's definitely like you know the Targaryen ones that we see, and there's the yellow one, which I think may have. Um, That's the Dornish one. Well, I'm wondering if it's the um, if if it's the Tyrell one. I can't really tell if it's the rose, uh, which is the growing strong Tyrell one. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Dornish one is. Probably just like a a, a you know a lady snake. holding a, a spear or something. Is it a snake? It, yeah, it is a snake. I thought <laughs> that would make sense. Anywho, so I think, I mean, does yeah. that, that, it's a little <clears throat> cliche at this point to have, you know, to end an episode with like, or end a season with like a kick ass Daenerys moment. But honestly, I, it was really cool to finally see them like, I'll disagree with that. Because really? I don't think it's cliche. I think historically, the last episode is super frustrating, especially last season. Um, but in, in many, many other seasons past, because it's all cliffhangers about, where's this character going to go? Or like, mm. you know, we don't see the death on screen or whatever. And mm. this one was super satisfying from the beginning of the episode to the end. And it, to me, this episode and the last episode are just one long movie. Yeah. And yeah. the movie makes, it, it makes so much more sense as one big piece mm-hmm. than, than two episodes, you know? You're right. even, this, is the, this is the first time I have felt maybe in this entire show that, I can wait a year and when it picks back up again, yeah. it's like, and they could almost honestly, they're probably not gonna, but they could pick up next season having, you know, the, the invasion has begun and we just sort of drop in on it. Like I agree. It, feels, it feels like, okay, this is a, this was a beautiful bow on, I mean, season six was pretty much 
damn near perfect start to finish, but this was like the most perfect bow on that box. Yeah. Just that shot of all those ships and just like, Oh shit, shit is happening, but has happened. And so we can kind of just close that going. It's like closing a great book going, cool. I can't wait for the next one. Well, and it's the argument that like, you know, last season and and whenever I brought up that stuff about the, the film crit Hulk's review of the books and, and, one of the things he said was like, you know, cliffhangers work week to week, but like season to season, they're just infuriating. Um, and <clears throat> Walking the, Dead. <clears throat> I was just about to say, like, that is all I heard from my friends who watched Walking Dead this season was I, I heard so many of the same reactions I heard from Game of Thrones viewers last season, which is I'm never watching that again. Like, I'm mm. done with it. And this whole season of Game of Thrones, uh, because it hasn't pulled shit like that, has been amazing you know mm-hmm. and uh, just a nitpick on that there's that moment where Sansa says to John I'm sorry I didn't tell you about contacting Littlefinger and whatever and then he brings up like it's a thing about trust we have to trust each other mm-hmm. and it didn't totally satisfy me because just a moment earlier uh, they talked about um, somebody being responsible for a whole bunch of deaths and I was like huh <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> but they did you know, it was one of those things where it's like, man, you couldn't have had some similar conversation like that before the battle started or something. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to cut her slack. You know, I, I've seen that argued uh, since last week as well. I'm still going to cut her slack in that she did not know if if uh, the veil was going to show up at all, um, if she had called. And then more importantly, she didn't know. Like, imagine this. She had, if you go back and rewatch last week's episode, Battle of the Bastards, she's talking to John and she's seeing John, you know, with, you know, having these logistics meetings and she's like, Hey, you're, yeah. you know, you're planning all this. You could ask me for my counsel. I think somewhere in that nervousness got the better of her. And she's like, shit, he knows what he's doing. If I say this now, it, and, and, and instead, I mean, she could have literally just said, Hey, you know, Hey, I have a plan as well. But she's like, Hey, do you want my counsel? I mean, she was very, it was well, almost like, she's like, here's this, this warrior who knows what he's doing. I, I might screw this all up. If I say anything, our regular listener, Brian, uh, argued that with me, like, you know, how else could this have gone? And my suggestion was she could have told him in that moment and he could have just, we could have seen John just unleash on her and been like, God damn it, why didn't you tell me this earlier? This is really fucking important, Sansa. You have fucked up everything. I've got these armies ready to fight and the snow is coming, you know, winter's coming. Yeah. And he maybe John says, you know what, let's hold back as long as we can, let's hold out and see if the if the nights come. And then it starts snowing, and they're like, "Shit, we gotta go." And the mm-hmm. whole thing plays out exactly the same, except we feel like, okay, the, Sansa's not responsible for the deaths of all these men. That you know, okay. she, you know, she I did at least try to warn him, and we still get the kick of John yelling at her and and saying that was a dumb thing you did. You can't withhold information like that because withholding information is just so aggravating and tropey to me but yeah well and we also get the satisfaction of i mean you're right it would have played out the veil could have showed up when they showed up but it would have been fun for the viewer to be like oh they're not showing up and then they do you know that would have been yeah it almost would have lent that like you know that surprise a little bit more yeah yeah i'll give you that i'll give you that no that's that's but yeah let's not relitigate things (laughs) (laughs) that's what we'll call next you know the next the next time we do this podcast like relitigating game of thrones yeah that'll be the uh the 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 summary episode where we talk about the whole season relitigating season six yeah well, no. let's let's. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to short circuit that episode because we are. Uh, if you're still listening, we are going to do a big recap episode of all. Yeah, seasons. on the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think there's so much to to digest and kind of get us excited for next season. 
um, before Definitely. we before we call it a year on uh, Wednesday in Westeros. Any final thoughts on this glorious gem of an episode of a finale? No, I think uh, I mean, I, my thoughts are uh, very positive. Like they have, <laughs> they did everything in this season that they should have done in the last two seasons, and. All, you know, all I can say is, why didn't they do that sooner? <laughs> but they made you a believer again. I think that's the important yeah. thing. You, can't, you came yeah. into the season going, oh, I'm not going to watch this ever again. And and I, you know, are you back on board a little bit? Uh, we could let's discuss that in our wrap up. I'll all right. Well, I'll leave a little cliffhanger of our own. What okay. how, what were your final thoughts on this episode? I mean, I came again. Well, I'll delve into this on the recap. But like as 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 I said when we first started. I am hopefully hopefully optimistic, and every step of the way this season, you know, with a few tiny tiny little quibbles that I can look over, I've just been like they've just proven me proven my loyalty to be be correct. And it's like I feel now about the show like I did in the height of my my obsession with Lost, where I'm like, oh, just keep you know, like everything I came into this episode with expectation wise was was either tweaked and made better or was like, we're not going to do that. We're going to show you this. And it's like, Oh God, that's way better. So just the fact that the show is ahead of me and my expectations and giving me something I didn't know I wanted. I didn't know I wanted a Godfather two style, like 20 minute <laughs> you know, silent film of like seriously fucking shit up. Like I didn't, I'm like, thank God they did it that way. You know, they could have done the traditional, like they could have taken that whole sequence and broken it up. Like, Hey, we're going to show you the, Show you Loris's trial. Now we're going to cut to John. Now we're going to cut to Daenerys. Hey, we're back again at the set. They're like, no, no, no. Start to finish. Here it is. And yeah. it's going to be glorious. I'm just like, you guys, thank you. Thank you for that. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, it was any time they defaulted to making things more cinematic, they succeeded. Yes. And I know, I know it's like, you know, there's money constraints and all that kind of stuff, but they definitely figured out the season – I think. I mean, I think they they figured out this season with the door episode, nope. and in the last two episodes, how to do cinematic with personal stakes. Yes. And it yes. always seemed before like it was one or the other. I guess. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm no, backtracking no, I even agree. on what I said. But you know, because I think there are like good parts of like Tyrion's story in the battle for Blackwater Bay, and you know, but like when you think of um, the the two episode like Wildling assault on Castle Black. Like I don't really remember there being any besides Agreed dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just you know it wasn't like they were telling another story within that. It was or really hard home or hard home especially yeah. yeah yeah I know you're exactly you're exactly right. It's it was either that or it was Tyrion and Pod and Bronn sitting around shooting the shit and that was really fun, you know. Or it was like those kinds of but it was never both at the same time. And you nailed it. Like these last. Several episodes, you know, but the door and these last two specifically were they struck that balance. They looked better and were just were executed better than we've ever seen. You could I, I I'm sad I didn't go find a theater that was showing that was inevitably inevitably showing this tonight and just watch it in the theater. Because I bet it plays <laughs> so well on the big screen. It's yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Well that's that being said, we'll hope uh, hopefully you'll join us for our uh, season six recap. And um it's been it's been a fun season, man. I'm glad we I'm glad we started this this year and not last year. When I, we yeah, we've said that before, and I totally agree. This was the season to do it. Um, it's yeah, it's it's been pretty cool to to watch all these and uh, have a place to talk about it. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Taylor Trask, and you, sir, are I am on Twitter at Hey Todd A, and we are both we, uh, 
online at toddandtaylor.com where yes. more is going to be very soon as well as uh, you know facebook we got a lot of stuff coming down the pike in the next month or two so stay tuned to those channels for sure yeah and it's uh yeah it's been great we never know how to end these we just kind of just i think we just kind of end we just sort of trail off yeah um yeah yeah so uh but uh follow us on twitter and stuff to um uh uh hear about whenever we do that recap show because we're hoping to have some special guests and all that kind of stuff so yeah 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 don't forget to leave man all right